Hello and welcome to the Today is the Day podcast, our mini episode season where we're taking clips from our full length episodes, breaking them up into little digestible doses so you can take that information and apply it in your life. I'm Megan Telbner, founder of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, and Josh Catalis will be joining me on this episode. He is a functional medicine practitioner and my husband. If we're going to start talking labels, we'll put that label on him because that's what this episode is all about. Before we dive in, I want to invite you to check out the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. Have you heard of it? Know anyone who's already done it? Been inspired by one of our graduates? We have nearly 3,000 graduates in over 70 countries celebrating what they've learned in their homes, in their communities, kickstarting businesses, and transforming their lives and those who seek their guidance. If you are looking for a change in how you eat, how you live, how you think, who you connect with, this might just be exactly what you've been looking for. Head on over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash program to learn more about this 14-week certification program that we offer. Registration is now open. Now for today's episode, I'm calling Labels Are For Tin Cans, where Josh and I break down and break the truth about what some of these labels really mean. And when it comes to healthy food, we do believe labels should be reserved for tin cans and our food healthiest food doesn't need any label claims at all. Enjoy this episode. So when we see foods that are fortified, what we're seeing is a processed food that's had its vital life capacity stripped away in favor of shelf stability. And then because people are developing sicknesses and illnesses and diseases, the government regulated that certain nutrients needed to be added back in or fortified. And they're typically the synthetic version. So not the optimal version your body could use. You know how expensive good quality supplements are when you need them. You know, they're not putting that into your special case cereal. And so the result is that we have people with severe calorie overload and and nutrient deficiency. Yeah. And also just a quick aside is one of the nutrients they often fortify foods with is folic acid, <sighs> which is the unnatural form that we get in food. And many people have genetic mutations that actually push that folic acid into a toxic pathway and it can build up and create a lot of problems. So, you know, most people don't know if they have that genetic uh, situation in their body. So they should really be avoiding the synthetic form of folic acid. So the labels we've talked about that we see the most common that you definitely want to ignore or take with a grain of salt, dare I say, 100% natural or made from all natural ingredients, fat-free, sugar-free, low sodium, low calorie, fortified with. And so if you can strip all of that away and really look at that ingredient label, you're going to be heads and shoulders above in, and, and this is like very basic. You have no nutrition training and you already know more than most people about what to eat and why. Absolutely. So moving on to a label that actually means something, but also comes with a few little tricks involved as well. And that's- They're your, just, They just keep trying to fool us by they, the label. They just keep trying to fool us by the label. Are you going to sing? I was not, but it, it felt like a song was coming out. <laughs> Maybe a little was... jingle <laughs> fooled by the label. We'll see. We'll see what comes from my soul. But uh, organic. Yes. Organic. And there's two sides to the, to the organic discussion. Let's talk about the bright side first. I love covering the bright side first. Yeah. And then we'll get into the doom and gloom. Then we'll get into the doom and gloom. Yeah. So when you're choosing something with the organic label, 
you can be assured that they're not using GMOs. They're not using specific nanotechnologies. They're not using artificial preservatives and colors, synthetic chemicals, herbicides, pesticides, fertilizer, sewage sludge, or irradiation. Sewage sludge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that they're using some biodynamic and good for the environment farm practices that are not just good for the environment, but also good for the food that they're growing. And that food is going to have more nutrition. In most cases. In most cases. And one of the challenges with organic, and before you start, I was going to say tweeting, but does anyone tweet anymore? I'm not tweeting. I'm on Instagram though. But before you message us saying, yeah, but what about this that they now allow in organic food? And what about, you know, they're allowed to spray the soil before the plants come up. And yes, there absolutely is use of chemicals in organic farming, but it will be substantially less than the conventional counterpart. And I've often argued that they should not be calling organic food organic. It should just be food. And what if they called instead of an organic avocado, they called the conventional variety a chemically grown avocado. Oh my God, how would that change people's decisions? What a paradigm shift right there. Right there. So the Environmental Working Group comes out with their Dirty Dozen and Clean 15 every year. So that's a great place to start in terms of budgeting for what you absolutely must be buying organic. One of the references I like to share when I do talks on the subject is about strawberries because everybody loves a good sweet strawberry. And a conventional strawberry carries on average 45 pesticide residues. And this includes six known and probable carcinogens, seven neurotoxins, six developmental or reproductive toxins, and 12 honeybee toxins. So without honeybees, we have no food supply, just to put that into context. And what blows my mind is there continue to be agricultural industry-sponsored studies, if you go back far enough to find this out, that tout no beneficial difference between organic and chemically grown or conventional produce. And typically when they do these studies, they're looking at a very, very narrow field of what they consider to be healthful or unhealthful. And whether an organic carrot has more beta carotene than a conventional one can become irrelevant when you look at what the organic carrot does not have or what the organic strawberry does not have or what the organic peach or apple or spinach. Because at the very least, you know you're not getting this massive load of chemicals. And we talk a lot more about this in our detox episode as well. Right. And you mentioned that there's 45 chemicals on these things. They also don't look at at this thing called chemical synergy on how those chemicals interact with each other. We know that one chemical might have an effect that's, you know, a two and another chemical also two and combining them doesn't equal four. It equals many times as strong as that. Mm-hmm. That has never been studied and is not studied when we're looking at non-organic foods. So we got into the doom and gloom pretty quick. We got into the doom and gloom because... I don't know why organic feels the need, why it always has to be so defended, but it seems to always be on the defensive. It does cost more, it should, and it's worth it. Yeah, so bottom line, if you are getting any packaged foods, you definitely want to make sure that they have that organic certification on them. Now, how are we being fooled by that organic certification label or the USDA? And you probably can visualize what what the labels are. Well, one example is just a, a refined food right? So you can get white sugar that's organic. Yes. And then of course they can use things like that in processed foods. And sometimes people see that organic label and think, oh, it's organic. It must be healthy. 
but it's just a processed food and it's depleted and it probably is not going to provide any nutritional benefit to your life anyway. Do you know any examples of that, Meg? I know of the, I think of the wall of candy in the bulk bins in health food stores and say an organic macaroni and cheese in a box that at least it's an organic macaroni and cheese in the box. But why is anyone eating that anyway? Right. So it's not going to have the same chemicals. I think that the more popular brand has been slapped on the wrist for not actually even having any cheese, but you're still looking at powdered stuff. It's still a processed food. It still has very, very low nutritional value. You're not getting that power per bite. Yeah. Another example that we see uh, in the fish world is that... I thought you were going to talk about the goldfish world. (laughs) Why? What's going on in the goldfish world? Like the crackers. Oh, those They're yellow. so far out of your realm that you didn't even think of they it. They make those those organic too. They have an organic version of those too. I think they're maybe ducks. I don't know if they're, they're fish, but I've written about that as well and why they don't belong in a lunchbox, which before you start yelling at me, read that post. And they're slightly a different color too. Yes. Because they don't use those. The, the tartrazine. Yeah, exactly. Scary stuff. But with real fish... like salmon and rainbow trout and other things like that. Uh, Sometimes we see an organic label. And of course, fish are supposed to be wild swimming in the ocean. Uh, That's the optimal. But when they're farmed in huge, you know, fish farms, and they give them organic feed, which could be whatever they choose, maybe not the indigenous diet of a fish, they can call that fish organic. Yes. And it's a similar process with organic meats, where they can be feedlot fed organic feed, not be given the same regiment of antibiotics and other preventatives, medical or pharmaceutical preventatives, but you're still not getting the chicken or the cow and the full expression of the chicken or the cow in their, the way they lived, the nutrition they got, the sun exposure, and they may still be, they will still be treated from sickness. And the closer these animals live together in unnatural environments, the higher rates of disease they have. So, just getting organic, just looking for that label, again, isn't necessarily enough and it continues to fool us. Another problem is with organic is sort of the monocropping or conglomerates where we have the centralized food system. So there's a few big companies often sort of looking like they're out of California. They have growers all over the place growing your raspberries and your cauliflower and they're sent to one central packaging system for distribution. And then when you run into a foodborne illness or food recall, it ends up impacting a dramatically large population, which is a massive waste of food and resources. And that can carry the organic certification. So in summary, how could we not be fooled by the organic label? Grow your own. (laughs) grow your own optimally. But also, you know, looking at the food, looking at the ingredients, as we've already covered so far, as a start, making sure it's organic. And then really doing a little bit of research, even sometimes on where that quality is coming from or where that food is coming from. So do we always eat organic in our house, Josh? No. No. We aim to. Our objective, our whatever it would be called, priority hierarchy. hierarchy, good one, is that we start with local and organic is optimal. Well, our backyard first is optimal, then local organic from farmers, the farmer's market or local growers or local suppliers and farmers that we know through different CSAs and that sort of arrangement. Then we will look to organic from elsewhere, but I'm also extremely conscientious about how far it's actually traveling and whether it's a sustainable option. So, Right, we've seen 
peppers from Chile and apples from Israel. Like if that's organic and that's the only choice, we will not get that. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. And so we really try to eat seasonally. So our first is organic and local. Our second is typically local. And then third, organic from far away. And local, we aim for low spray whenever possible. And that's sort of how we go. And yes, it is a little more complicated once you start thinking about it and learning about it. But once you've made up your mind about your own value system and what really matters, it really just becomes effortless. And it's kind of nice to then have the variety through the year. And we eat a ton of whatever's in season when it's in season. And we talk about this too in our Eating Healthy on a Budget episode as well, that it really helps reduce food costs, especially when it comes to organic, which again, does cost more. So how do you offset that? And a great way is to, to eat as seasonally and locally as possible. Now, before I say goodbye, I want you to meet one of our inspiring culinary nutrition expert graduates. It's great for me to tell you how great this program is, but it's always better when we hear it directly from the source. Hi, I'm Cindy Santa Anna, and I'm a 2016 graduate of the Culinary Nutrition Expert Program. The program taught me how to create delicious plant-based recipes that my clients love. The skills and knowledge that I gained allowed me to start teaching culinary nutrition cooking classes here in Northern Virginia. I've been leading monthly sold out classes for four years now. I also authored the book, Unprocessed Living, teaching people how to break away from processed foods and how to eat real nutrient dense whole foods. I went on to become a nutritional therapy practitioner and have a thriving virtual practice specializing in hormone balance for women over 40. I love Megan's style, enthusiasm, her knowledge and ongoing support in the alumni community as well. It's an ongoing educational journey that I'm very grateful for. Okay, my friends, now you know what you gotta do. Head on over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash program to learn more about this life transforming experience. Thank you as always for listening. And I'll be back again next week with another mini episode. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.